everyone. My name is Ami Hurwitz. I work in paid media for Wadi Digital. We're a technology marketing company. And today I'm truly honored to have Oren Zev as my guest. Oren is one of the most successful venture capitalists in the world with a high and very impressive portfolio, some including House, Audible, Trip Actions, and more. Obviously, there's so much we can talk about, but the thing that is so fascinating for me is the way Oren handles his venture capital as a one-man show, no partners, no investing committees, and not even a physical office. Definitely not the traditional way. Oren, thanks for being here. Thank um, you, Omri. So, Oren, how and why did you be decide to become an independent one-man venture capital running your business for a coffee shop? Well, I had been a, a traditional venture capitalist for 12 years prior. So I've been there, done that. Uh, the partnership model, I didn't feel I was missing out on anything because I knew exactly what it meant. And if there was one thing I knew, even before I knew that I wanted to do venture, after the 12 years uh, doing it traditionally, was that I didn't want to do venture in the form of a partnership. So it almost like by default, it wasn't like a strategic decision. It was, oh, I don't feel like, you know, getting partners, been there, done that, been frustrated for many years. Uh, so just started to roll and basically developed. I could not have imagined when I started that it would get to this scale that it has. Is it, is it easier to work that way? Like to be on your own, not having to talk to anyone, not having to, to be an account to anything? For me, it's uh, night and day, yes. Everything takes 100th of the time. You know, I want to make a decision. You know, often in meeting a founder, after the first, I don't want to say 10 minutes, but maybe the, the first hour, the first 24 hours, I know I want to do it. Mm -hmm. In my old world, now I started a process of about a month, um, writing a 30-page memo, checking the box on all sorts of things that I thought were unnecessary just because one of my partners may have a concern, which I didn't think was a concern. I had to go and do uh, a lot of work just to prove that it's not a concern. And many times I could not get it approved as well. So I didn't even have the certainty that I'll get it approved. So, and this is just one example, but basically every facet of my work just has become, in my opinion, hundred times easier. So it, it doesn't mean you're, you're not working extra hard right now when you're alone. Like no, it's the opposite. Stuff. It's the opposite. You know, uh, uh, in my old firm at Apex, maybe I had in any given time, maybe I had three or four companies that I was on the board of. And I was working, you know, easily 12 hours a day. Uh, today, I have 20 companies I'm on the board of, and I may, may be working three hours a day, you know. So uh, it's just a lot more efficient. It's unbelievable. Do you think you can take this same, like, work structure and implement it in different industries? Like, like let's say for marketing. Do you think, like, a big marketing agency can, like, can start, can like the owner can become like a one man show and like marketing and in other industries as well. Not I, I only... think I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's dependent on the, uh, on the business and the industry because some businesses do have economies of scale and, or many businesses, or most businesses have economies of scale, uh, but not every business. And I think venture is a good example where I do not believe it has economies of scale in terms of the number of people. 
I don't know the specific areas well enough to tell to what extent you need, but I can totally see that like a great recruiter uh, may, can do better as a one person operation uh, than a firm because so much energy in any organization is being deployed on internal processes and, uh, uh, and politics and, uh, and also different agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there is no, each person in the organization has their own agenda as opposed to having 100% alignment between the firm and the person who is the firm and the agenda of the firm. So, mm -hmm. and the person, which is just one and the same. And, and uh, so I don't know, but I can easily see recruiting may lend itself to it. Marketing can lend itself to it. Yes. PR, yes. Mm -hmm. And what are the most important things when you look into a potential investment? Like right now you're, you're working by yourself, so you need to filter out things more quickly probably. So what is like the three main things you look at, you look into before making an investment, before meeting the entrepreneur? Meeting the entrepreneur takes me one minute, uh, or even less, a few seconds. Basically, either I have to feel that the entrepreneur is proven, someone I know and is already proven, or there has to be some uh, proof points in the business, in the deck that he sent me, like customers, revenues, traction, something. Mm -hmm. Once I meet the company, I would say I have to like the founders, like them in, in two senses, like them as individuals, but also like them as I can love someone, but not think that they're a good, uh, a good founder. So I have to like them both. Um, in the sense of, I think they're great entrepreneurs and I like them personally. I want to hang out with them. I want to spend time with them. And I have to believe that there is an opportunity to really bring someone, something new to the world. Meaning there is an opportunity to build a market leader in a new, uh, in a new space or maybe reinvent an existing space, but really build a market leader. Not, not, not do something me too, just because someone else is making money. Hey, let's build the same thing and let's, make money too. That is of no interest. Mm -hmm. So you, you've been working with so many entrepreneurs and what is like the, the most preferable uh, leadership style you, you resonate with? Obviously there's so many different leadership styles, but what do you think is like the number one quality for an entrepreneur? So first of all, I do, honestly, this is something that I think the context uh, is so context dependent. And I think there's no, at least I've not found any one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the short answer is, I don't know. I'm very open. There is a, and, and I really judge not based on some kind of uh, external style, not whether they're polished or not. And uh, the one thing I would say is I am, some entrepreneurs are stronger on the perception, hyping things upside, and some are stronger on the execution side. And I, uh, and, and, and sometimes the former actually are very successful, in, 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 especially in frothy markets in raising a lot of money. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, WeWork could be an example, right? Uh, I am personally attracted to people who are less about perception and hype and more about substance. And, and I think it's also, I think they're also more attracted to me. So I think that there is a, uh, so I, I naturally kind of like end up with entrepreneurs who, who 
who are more about substance than appearance. And is there a uh, certain um, preferred way you like to be pitched by an entrepreneur? Obviously, you don't have a secretary, so you're just, yeah. what is like the preferable way if someone wants to reach out to you? Well, if someone wants to reach out to me, first of all, if they reach out cold, uh, I don't have time to, to deal, with, deal with it. So first of all, they have to be introduced by someone I trust or, or they have to, or they, they or, but as I said, or they've had to already accomplish a lot. Um, and, and just being honest here, someone who has just started that maybe a great idea, maybe a great entrepreneur, and it may end up to be the next Airbnb, but I would probably not engage at that stage. I would only engage if the founder is known to me or, or they are uh, uh, already accomplished something in their, in their previous company and I'm getting a warm introduction or if in this existing business they already have the beginning of traction. Mm -hmm. But in terms of how to pitch me, no. I, you know, someone can pitch me with a presentation, without a presentation. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I, I, I flow with whatever the other side, I don't have any, any boxes that someone has to fit themselves yeah. into. So whatever the, uh, uh, whatever the entrepreneur feels she's more comfortable with in terms of pitching. For a young entrepreneur, someone who's in school right now, or even someone who, dis who decided to forego school and go his own way, what are like the main things, the main advice you would give him? First of all, it's hard because I've not been myself in that spot, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, I went from school to, 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 I worked for IBM for several years. Then I went to business school. Then I worked for Apex for many years. So I only got on my own at a much later stage. So first of all, I would say that, you know, it's okay to also get experience. You don't have to necessarily. There's a lot of glorification around entrepreneurship. But I don't think even if you, uh, you know you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, you can do it now, but it's not like you can, you know, it's not like you can't get more experience and do it a little bit later. So, so first of all, don't feel like you have to, right? Do it just because it's the normal. That's the the, the that's the uh, uh, the glory uh, glorified thing to do. Uh, but if, despite everything, you're really passionate and you want to pursue something, I think that typically getting a strong partner, co-founder, is important. It's rare that. Uh, a, a, a single founder uh, 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 succeeds on, on, on their own. And usually it, it's even more rare when they're inexperienced. And uh, don't, and, and it, besides that, it's better if you can find, if you can prove as much as possible with as little money as possible. So just to give you one example, the house founders, when they started, they, for the first year, they kept their regular jobs. They did it as a hobby. And they used zero, zero money, not their own, not anyone else's. And yet, after a year, they had actually surprisingly a lot to show for. Mm -hmm. And when I met them after they've been, been doing it for a year, it was a no-brainer for me. I immediately said that I would back them. But to be honest with myself, if they pitched me the same idea a year earlier, it would be... As good an, as, as an idea, I would never have invested in it because hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't have the clairvoyance to know that it's going to be successful. Obviously, right now with everything that has been happening with the corona, we've seen a lot of companies go to remote work. Also, the companies you invest in. 
Do you yeah. think remote, do you think, what do you think about, first of all, what is your opinion about remote work? And the second, and secondly, do you think this is something that could be like the new, you know, the new regulation, everybody working remotely? Yes. So first of all, uh, I got to admit that it totally surprised me how smooth the move to work from home was. Every single company, 20 companies, it went super smoothly. Not only that, many of the companies are reporting increases in productivity, mm -hmm. especially employees who don't have young kids, which is amazing, right? Because uh, basically you're saving all the chit chat, all the, uh, and the office and the distractions and the commute and everything. And I think this was an aha moment, not just for me, but for, the, for basically every company and every individual. It's just an amazing experiment that nobody could have planned. And it went better than anyone could have expected. So that's number one about work from home. Post-corona, I think we'll see a hybrid approach to what was before the norm and what is now the norm. I think that companies are going to be way more liberal in allowing anyone who wants to work from home to work from home. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to mandate it or force it. Because some people may still want to prefer to go to the to an office, but for sure they're going to be much more allowing of that. And they might also have maybe I can imagine that they can have work from office Mondays, mm -hmm. uh, for example, or Fridays that once or twice a week everyone comes to the office so that there is an opportunity for brainstorming and and get to see. But the rest of the time, people are you know either encouraged or at the very least allowed to work from home. And I think that at least technology companies, they, we, number one, it's easy to work from home because everything is in the cloud and everything is just technically it's easy. Um, but also, uh, it's also easy to measure productivity. At the end of the day, you're measuring people by their outputs, not by their inputs. And it's easy to measure in most professions, relatively easy to measure. Mm -hmm. uh, so as long as someone is providing the goods, why not let them work? It's actually cheaper for the company. Hmm. And more productive and more productive for the for many people so yeah, i think awesome. that from that perspective i think corona changed the world and mm. i would not want to be in commercial real estate right now because i think uh you don't want to own office space that you need to rent out because i think the demand is going to come down even post corona so shared shared office spaces do you think that that'll be the next big thing right now no i think shared could be very challenging business right now because oh. i think there'll be less demand mm -hmm. uh, for uh, uh there'll just be less demand for space but if if they're coming also for only for like two weeks two days a week so they maybe would, yeah. maybe and maybe companies can share the uh that maybe two companies yeah. can share an office uh mm -hmm. by the days you know you, you get it for two days you get it for two days and the third company will get for one day a week maybe that's awesome i don't know could be i don't know that that i don't know that could could happen but in general, I would not want to have a lot of office space right now, regardless of the model, regardless whether it's monthly or not monthly. I would not want to own a lot of office space right now. What, what kind of companies do you think are going to hit big right now post-corona? What, no. what, ty what type of tech companies? Yeah, so I think any company that is uh, 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 all the digital modern uh, companies that enable remote work, remote education, for example, remote healthcare. Um, all these companies, uh, uh, I, I think we're doing well before, but I think they're going to get a big, uh, 
um, uh, a big push. There's, uh, yeah, there's a host of, yeah, and 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 many and many others, you know, uh, areas. It's not, it's not, it was not an exhaustive answer. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, uh, I have less one last question for you. Um, is there a certain hobby or like a mindfulness routine or technique that you do that helps you stay focused and calm? Yeah, I practice yoga several times a week. I uh, surf several times a week. Uh, but I think the best practice is that I don't uh, try to cram as much as possible in every day. So I leave a lot of time just for that, just downtime. It's not like uh, prescribed reflection time, but uh, if but you know just give space, and then when I walk my dog. You know, I can daydream and think of things, and uh... that is awesome. So, Oren, thanks a lot for being here. I really appreciate it, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Omri, and best of luck with the podcast in general. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.